Merry Christmas. This is amazing. This is awesome. Thank you for joining us to our first Christmas Eve service here. This is incredible. And where's my kids at? Where are you at? This is, you can make noise, kids. You have to raise your hand. This ain't school. Put that hand down. Let me hear you. Where's the kids at? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're so trained. They're like, this is a trick. I know this is a trick. Man, and look at the pajamas. And of course, I'm talking to you adults because uh, that's not weird at all. It's great. Uh, so welcome to Christmas Eve. This is amazing. If you're a guest, you're new. I'm Pastor Mark. And, um, and this is one of my favorite traditions that we have always had, which is this Christmas Eve service to come together and have all of our kids. So first off, just know that if, you're, if you have kids with you and they make noise and they're whatever, that's okay. We're glad they're in the room. You can relax. It's okay. And we're just going to spend uh, just a couple of minutes together. And this is really exciting. And I want to take you guys back to this very night, 115 years ago. It was in France in the Western Front on an obliterated piece of land, blown up by bombs and bullets and fire. And armies that were facing one another, German and then the American and British allies, not, not but a hundred yards from one another, buried down in holes and in trenches that would either face the death of the, the enemy or by the bitter cold of that winter night. Yeah. 10 p.m. Christmas Eve in 1914. Songs, carols, O come all ye faithful, just like we sang tonight, began to waft over the scorched earth of this battlefield. And the Americans and the British began to hear familiar Christmas songs. And then in broken English, German soldiers, what felt like just feet away in another hole, began to call out, truce. You come halfway, we'll come halfway. And in just hours before, these two armies, as enemies of one another, full of hate and death and violence, met in the open land of this battlefield. And you can see the trench, and you can see the scorched earth and the trees of what was a, a, an amazing forest was now a mess. Those who are once enemies now sharing food and drink and stories of the trenches. And then that was Christmas Eve, and then it happened all the next day on Christmas Day. In fact, there's another picture here. Here's the, the forces, the Germans and the Americans and the British playing soccer together out in the open fields of the trenches on Christmas Day in 1914. For this one moment, the power of Christmas created a truce. And we often think that way, like it's Christmas Day. Let's not fight, kids, right? You're, you know what the best gift for your parents are? Don't fight tomorrow. Don't bicker. Don't argue. Don't talk back. Then you, and wrap that up in a gift, in a box, and your parents will just think you're the best in the whole world, right? And we think Christmas, Christmas Day is a great day to just enjoy one another, relax, be calm, whatever is 
going on in all of our real lives, Christmas Day is a, a great day for pausing. And that's what it was for here. It was, a, it was a day of pausing. And on the ruined, scorched earth of this battlefield, peace came. And it was called later by historians called the Christmas Truce. And it is, it is not, Christmas is not only a good day to have a truce, to have peace. Christmas Day is the very reason for peace. Christmas Day is not just a day to have a truce. Christmas Day is the truce itself. Listen to Isaiah chapter 11 that we read earlier, but just listen to it again in, in fresh ears in light of this Christmas truth. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And you read that, you're like, what does that even mean? I'd like to show you the battlefield picture again. Because this little verse in Isaiah 11 represents the broken stumps that remain from a great battle between God and people. And Isaiah chapter 10 tells the story of people's pride and their desire to win over God. And then God comes in and God wins. And what's left is a scorched earth stumps. And the people began to wonder if, if God can do this to us, what hope is there? And then in verse 1 of chapter 11, out of the stump, a shoot will grow. When all of our pride has laid our lives to waste, God grows a little shoot. This, this is the image of Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. It is a war that we had lost with God. It was a truce. It is the moment, Christmas Day, that God began to speak to us from the trenches of heaven in a language that we could understand. Truce. And I'm coming the whole way. In 1914, Christmas Day only had so much power. The, by, the, by, by the next day, the bullets began to fly and death came and hate remained. That, that Christmas Day didn't have enough power to, to keep it going. But Jesus' truce is so different. And if you look in 2 through 4, Jesus has a different power. And if you look at verses 3 through 5, he has a completely different way to rule the world. And if you look in Verses six through nine, he creates a brand new world. And I, if I could invite you tonight to spend two minutes reading Isaiah 11, one through nine, and see that God has made a truce. Jesus has crossed the trenches of our sin. Jesus has made a truce. And this is the light that we celebrate tonight. Do you hear it? The song being sung of the humble birth of Jesus, the perfect life of Jesus, the undeserved death of Jesus, and the victorious resurrection of Jesus that says, it is finished. There's no more war. Come out of your trenches. We believe in Jesus because Jesus has the power to make all things new. We believe in him because only in Jesus do we have peace a forever truce with God. And we're all invited to believe in him. That's our invitation, every one of us. Believe in him and have peace with God forever.